0: He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. Running a short-term rental business is challenging and time-consuming. Whether it's 10 units or 1,000 units, trying to keep up with the latest trends, technology, hardware, revenue management, guest support, and R&D, it's become almost impossible and increasingly more expensive for the everyday host. On top of that, all of this tedious work does not allow you to focus on what matters most, and that is your guest. Luckily, this will no longer be a problem. Introducing Journey's MOS the newest and most advanced tech solution in hospitality. Journey's MOS provides you with a one-stop solution that will automate your entire operation and take care of all of your back office work, allowing you to fully focus on growing your business the way you want to. To learn more about MOS, visit Journey online at journey.com. That's Journey, J-U-R-N-Y.com.
1: Sustainable is its a funny word. It's, it's one you have to use. Because mm-hmm. if you think about, well, I don't care about sustainability. Well, what's the opposite of sustainability? Unsustainability. Okay, so that means it's not going to last. Yeah. So the only way for something to truly be sustainable is it has to be financially sustainable. Otherwise, you can't keep it in the doors open. It has to be environmentally sustainable. Otherwise, you're just going to degrade whatever you have. It has to be sustainable. In your community involvement right Your how you interact with the community has to be sustainable otherwise they're going to change the regulations you get booted out and so you really have to think about all this holistically um and you know we, we talked a, a little bit already about it's after the heights of covid now it's become more of a gold rush you know gold rushes if done poorly can just absolutely yeah. trash the industry and, and trash everything about it and that that would be a shame Right. If like this five year period, everybody just extracts all the value, runs it. And then everybody said, forget this, we're banning it. We're we're not going to do this stuff anymore. This is terrible. But we have the opportunity to think about things very differently.
0: You're listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, a podcast for those who are in and around the hospitality industry who love, live and breathe what they do. You can join us for candid and unscripted conversations with hospitality experts and founders as we go deeper into their personal stories while they're sharing their triumphs and trials that got them to where they are today. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and you're listening to an episode of Slick Talk the Hospitality Podcast. Now, let's begin. As I've been growing my business and finding new ways to add to my property portfolio, I have to think about how I can anticipate the homeowner's needs, just like I do for my guests. One of the things owners always ask is, how is my property going to be protected? What happens if something gets damaged or worse? These are valid questions and concerns and I have an opportunity to address these concerns before they even get mentioned, all thanks to having Safely as part of my toolkit. I can ensure all stakeholders are covered during a guest stay and use this information as a way to grow my business by ensuring my property owners know they can trust that I have them covered. If you're a professional property manager, then you need to get safely in your tool belt so you can focus on operating and growing your business. Thanks for listening to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now, back to an episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. And man, it's a beautiful day here in Cancun, Mexico, but it's an even better day because I get to sit down and chat and interview my friend, Andrew McConnell from Rented. So welcome back to the show, my friend. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. It'd be better if I was down in Cancun with you. and doing this in person.
0: Cancun, Bermuda, you know, not bad locations to be doing a podcast from. That is true. Yeah, we, we, we got it pretty rough over here. Um, no, but super excited for this episode. It's one that I've been looking forward to. Um, and just to give the audience some backstory, maybe you're a new listener, maybe you're a longtime listener, but never listened to the first episode. Uh, but you were on the show June 3rd. We just look it up June 3rd, 2020. So in the middle of the dumpster fire of COVID uh, or not the middle the beginning of it. And yeah, um, yeah and now we're we're back. Uh, on the episode, discussing everything that's happened since, um, but then also going into a lot of of what you guys have done, or rented, what you're doing personally, um, and kind of go, maybe even going into the story of getting to meet you in person at Live Res, which was super uh, such a big highlight for for me. Um, so yeah, what's what's new? How have you been? Let's let's jump into it.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, a lot new on personal and business on professional outside of business, you know, a lot going on. So I think since June, you referenced it briefly in September of 2020, we came out to Bermuda, uh, kind of like you're doing with Cancun, right? Work Mm -hmm. remotely for a month, see how it works. And now we're in year two and my daughter's enrolled in school out here for a second year. And it's just been, made us rethink uh, a lot of life, right? Like, um, our material quality life's very Mm -hmm. different than it would be in the U S. Mm-hmm. I drive a 2007 very rusted car that may no or <laughs> may not leak oil, uh, but I would say the the overall quality of life fantastic. Um, yeah. So the personal front, professional front, man, you know, when we caught up, if it was published June third, like we can say it w- it was before Desantis reopened the markets in Florida. So mm-hmm. when we spoke, we were hoping things would turn around come summer 2020, but no one was sure. And if we had lost that summer. It's hard to get back into that space but I, I think a lot of people if they had to rewind if you're in the gulf coast if you're the southeast and you lost that entire summer mm-hmm. the last two years would have looked very very different instead fortunately it was gangbusters right mm-hmm. 72 hours before memorial day the governor opens the florida beaches and basically people have not stopped booking since and to be fair like uh william gibson said you know the future is here it's just not evenly distributed.
0: Mm.
1: The uh, the gold rush is here. It's just not evenly distributed. Early on, certainly drive to markets. Hawaii was not benefiting from that. European markets definitely were not benefiting from it. Had a lot more domestic travel, so that that picked up. But really, uh, just it's been astounding to see for clients. We we had our weekly stand up, and we talk about different clients we serve and celebrating wins. And there's one that has six xed their revenue um, in the past year not not two years past year they came on about 12 months ago and they've six x and part of that is doubling the the revenue they generate each property part of that they've three x the properties it's sort of from 22 to 66 now Um, but that's it's unreal right you you think back when we were speaking april may nobody's allowed to travel everybody's scared of everything
0: well, to, and we all, we all we lost business in, the, in some way or form. Like We were like, our, how are we going to recover? I, I know I, I was in that position. A lot of companies yeah. that were doing big spending on marketing and, and, and growth for the plan of 2020 because we're right, it's the roaring 20s. We were all excited. Yeah. It, was, it was dead.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was, it was tough for us. So we, right, we serve professional property managers and you see their business dry up. We had clients in the Caymans that the yeah. airport was closed. They had zero yeah. business. Uh, and saying, okay, look, if, if our customers don't make it, if our clients don't make it, then we're never going to make it. H- how do we get in this with them? Mm-hmm. And so we just, without anybody asking, cut everybody's prices in half. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, we're gonna we're gonna take a gamble. Until yeah. June, everybody's prices are cut in half. And fortunately, things picked back up in June. People stayed on, paid full price come June. Um, that was hard, right? The the entire mm-hmm. executive team took huge pay cuts to to float that. Yeah, but. It was so worth it i mean it, it uh client came back and said look a lot of people said hey we're all in this together we're all in this together you're the only people that didn't just say it you actually were in it with us you know did something to show us you were yeah. in it with us and that that really gets back to so much of you know, words are relatively cheap it's the actions percent. Um, and you know we, we can talk about the the walk in boise but right ideas ideas are good right you need a great idea but then you need that execution and mm-hmm. you know it's been so gratifying to see you take this idea it was like it was this great idea it was this time it was coalescing and then just go all in on it and see hospitality fm really come together I, I just love i love when a great idea meets meets a great founder that has that passion and that execution ability
0: well i was gonna say i, I yeah to, to give the listeners some context you know i I don't know, uh, no, I don't share much personally. Like it's more like, I just love interviewing great founders like yourself and everyone who's been on the show before and coming up. And it's, it's a way for me to learn this this is my outlet of like, just, I want, you know, we have that access, you know, I I think the biggest thing a podcast has given me is access to people that just super inspiring and some that you wouldn't, you know, think would, uh, some that are just, you know, obviously out there and you, you get them on the show and you just get like, all right, this is great. Um, but, you know, seeing the opportunity of the in-person events come back, it was, you know, my biggest thing thinking about conferences, VRMA, live res, and um, I think I did one more or did something in person. Um, it's a, kind of a blur that whole month. But, um, you know, this was like the idea of, okay, we're we're solidifying the relationships and the friendships and everything that's happened the last two years um, with these in-person events. Like, this is the opportunity, though there's no walls, there's no barrier. There's no, you know, virtual reality of, you know, you look great on screen, but you're, kind of <laughs> a, you know, all that stuff is going away. Um, and just going at, into that conference season, just with that mindset was so helpful just because like getting, again, meeting people like you, it just opened up so many conversations and let that ability to be transparent. And so for the listeners, when we were both, I think we both got to live res like what a day or two early. Yeah. And, um, and so we were in Boise, Idaho and it was like, Hey, let's meet up. You were on the podcast. Uh, we're, you know, I considered us uh, some good friends on LinkedIn and all that good yeah. stuff. So, uh, you know, let's hang out, let's meet up and grab a coffee or something and, uh, getting to have the opportunity to meet up in person, shake your hand, just look at you as a man and just be like, all right, like this, this is legit. Like you're a real guy. <laughs> that's like, that's the one biggest fear of the podcast. You're like, are these people real sometimes you never know. Um, but then getting to just pick your brain on an unrecorded level, um, and that's the time I kind of joke with other people in the industry, like I wish I had a microphone twenty four seven just to be like capturing those moments. But those moments are so good uh, because they're unscripted, they're uncaptured. And I think getting to pick your brain, just getting to see the the stuff that you're going through as you're, you know, writing a book, as you are, you know, you've pivoted your business. Um, and I want to ask you that question of like, did you guys launch art? in the middle of COVID or like, when did you guys pivot that? Because anyways, that's kind of off yeah, the path, yeah. but anyways, our conversation, you know, that was the, I've had that idea of hospitality FM. I wanted your feedback because, you know, a lot of the audience that we serve with Slick Talk is founders and people that are movers, right? Like They, yeah. they, they love to, to make and break things uh, in a good way. And so getting to hear your feedback was so, so good. And just, you know, the, I think you said to me, literally just go for it, just try it, see what happens, see what, see what happens with the, with the market and how you can, you know, need to change things or, were you spot on. Um, That was uh, some of the best advice. And so uh, I just walked away from that conference and that whole like season of the year, uh, just super energized. And yeah, couldn't thank you enough for, for the time. It was just, it was a great opportunity to Ago,
1: yeah. I mean, you haven't slowed down since, right? Like, <laughs> it's been Craig, and it's been it's it's really been remarkable and amazing to see. Yeah, you know, you you referenced Art, which is Renid's automated rate tool, mm-hmm. and kind of how that came about. And it's in 2020 we had uh, revenue management as a full service business. <laughs> so our team, we had we still have a team of managers with decades of revenue management experience that have been vacation rental managers and revenue managers. And so we were managing these properties on behalf of third party clients. And our team kept saying, hey, you know, we kind of need this, or this would make it so much faster. Oh, if an algorithm yeah. took into account this better, et cetera. And so, you know, we, we were in a market at that time that a lot of people were cutting. Mm-hmm. And back to just kind of betting on yourself and gambling, we said, no, actually we're gonna invest. We, we think there's a real opportunity to build something better here, a better rate tool for professional vacation rental managers. Mm -hmm. And we hired the former CTO from Vacasa. We said, look, if the biggest company in the space built all this for themselves, what if we can build something even better for the 97% of management companies that manage fewer than a thousand properties? What if we can give them access to the best of the best when it comes to technology and pricing and revenue management? And so we invested and built that out and brought that to market in 2021. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it. The results are astounding. Like, like I talked that that client that in the those twelve months is six x revenue. A client, we have a, a client that's kind of a consultant and she works across multiple accounts, and very experienced revenue manager, right? Ran large teams uh, at a company that got acquired by Vacasa. Yeah, and she had a bake off. Like, hey, let me do some on art. Let me do some outside art. And she said, within the first week, you're bringing in twenty two percent more in revenue. And this yep. is not somebody who was just hands off doing nothing. this yeah. is like, I know what I'm doing and still it's able to do this. And so it's just been incredible to see what we can deliver for managers. Cause you're in this industry that it doubles basically every eight to 10 years, right? It was 40 billion in 99, mm-hmm. it was 80 billion in 2009, closer to 160 by 2019 and then now picked up again. Um, but almost all that growth is from demand,
0: mm.
1: right? If you look at supply, supply is not growing that fast. A lot of people during COVID actually took supply offline. They said, no, no, no. I want to go be able to stay in my home outside the city. I'm going to move there full-time. A lot of people bought it and said, this is where we're going to live.
0: So, Or with that real estate boom, people were selling their homes for crazy numbers, just right,
1: nuts. They were selling it, and the people buying it, yeah. like somebody who can afford that price, like, I don't need rent. I'm so rich. Yeah. I don't want to help. <laughs> this is for me. And so you have surging demand and stagnant or decreasing supply and if you remember economics 101 that means you have absurd pricing power yeah and most people aren't well situated to spend the time they need to to have the big data they need to have access to to have the the real-time updating technology they need to take full advantage of that and so that's that's really what we built out and brought uh out to market and it's 96,000% growth over the last 12 months since we launched so it's a People are really seeing the benefit and it, it's been pretty exciting to see. Yeah. Well,
0: I, I, I told you earlier on, you know, I listened to our first episode from last or from 2020 and there was a, a, a thing you said, you said, you know, we have the opportunity cause rented when you were doing the full service model, just, you know, humans doing their thing, right. They decades and decades of revenue management experience. Um, I asked you some questions about, you know, hotel revenue management and the applications from that to vacation rentals with such a scattered inventory count and and all this other stuff. And then you you said, you know, we have great people, but we have the best technology in the back end. So I'm kind of curious, was that best technology in the back end kind of the the foundation of what art has become for the
1: public? Yeah, that's exactly right. So we we built it initially for our team mm-hmm. and then we're saying, okay, we need to take this to market. So Initially, it was you had to have full service uh, from us. So you had yeah. to have the person and the technology. And we ended up decided to, to make it more B2C. So not just, hey, you need to be this power, power user, to be able to do it. But this mm-hmm. super intuitive, lightning fast tool to the extent that when uh, somebody who runs a very large property management software company saw it the first time, say, oh, wow, this is what a pricing tool built by revenue managers look mm-hmm. like right like this is this is how you would want it if this is what you do for a living and so it it really was saying okay instead of us being the only users are there other people that would benefit from this Mm -hmm. and yeah there were a lot of people that didn't want to hand the reins over um, to someone else to do it say i want to take control of this but i want better tools to do it myself and so that that is what we ended up doing that's super cool.
0: And I'm seeing kind of a pattern and maybe you can give some like insight on this and just like the thinking behind it, because we're seeing a lot of even property management companies that had, you know, a tech stack that they've, you know, had outsourced, whether it was breezeway and they had this and they had that, and they had, you know, some property management software, but then they were like, Hey, well, we need this. Okay. We're going to build it and connect it. Well, we need this too. So we're going to build it and connect it. And then eventually they've built their own own tech stack. Mm. Um, and not knowing it, they, you know, they're like, our team just needed it, so we built it, and then we realized, like, why not have the complete package of every piece that a property management company like us could could need? Um, do you think that's going to be a common theme, or is that just, you know, we have a couple that did it right, and they just realized, you know, why not use this investment that we invested in ourselves for the industry? Or is there maybe just less of a, it's more of a hype?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think there's a blanket rule there. I mean, I, the best the best new products, the best new businesses, solutions are things you built to solve a real problem. Mm-hmm. And you know it's a real problem if you have it. Mm-hmm. So if they built something for themselves, chances are that applies to someone else. Now, mm-hmm. the tough thing you run into with vacation, rental management, and alternative accommodations is it is so fragmented. People do it so, so differently, which is why... There are 50 different property management software providers. There are multiple different pricing companies. There are multiple, of every single thing we have, they're multiple because it's not cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. It's not big box. It's not only are the properties different, but the markets are different and the regulations are different and how owners' uh, expectations work are different. And so I, I do think there are gonna be times and it's gonna continue to happen where they are gaps, right? Mm -hmm. Hey, look, there's nobody actually addressing this in a really, really good way. Uh, And so we need to solve this problem. Maybe we have access to an offshore dev team or I have a tech background, I can connect with this person and and go invest. Mm -hmm. And that's how a lot of it, I mean, that's how I think LiveRes was initially built and Mm -hmm. and all these other things were partnered with a manager, saying, hey, let's build this out together and solve this real problem for you. Oh, let's see if this applies to other people. And I think that regardless of the industry is going to continue to happen. I think what you just bump into is this question of how big the market for any one of those things is, because it can be so tailored to just how you do things. Yeah. And so that that would be my cautionary uh, recommendation there
0: for sure. And not to quote a a, a friend of ours, but David Jacoby uh, from hostfully, he's always said, you know, you can look under the hood of, um, you know, operation team with a hotel and most likely you see the same thing under the hood of a different operation team of a hotel. Right. But when it comes to vacation rentals, you, you can't really look under the hood and expect to see the same thing of every company because yeah. it's 100%. so different. So yeah. different. So no, that's a really good point. Um, one thing personally, I want to know kind of just, you know, from, uh, A founder's perspective you guys have you know you went from the full service model to art and then you've grown that to exponential numbers um and you obviously get to see a lot of data you get to see and hear from a lot of customers you get to see and work with a lot of partners in the industry so what is something right now within you know the heights of covid to the recovery to you know the future what are some things that are really getting you personally excited within, you know, something new, something that isn't covered in, you know, maybe the typical blog article or the, you know, typical LinkedIn post that we always see, um, you know, with trends and things like that. But what's something that's just getting you excited from what you've kind of seen on the back end?
1: Yeah. And maybe this is the kind of thing you're looking for or not. But I, (laughs) one in particular, so let me just, if it's okay Tell a little story about yes. when I first got in the industry, really what got me very excited about this industry and the potential for this industry. And that was reading a statistic from Rate that at the time, there were roughly 6 billion hotel bed nights available globally over the course of a year. And if you did the math on the equivalent bedrooms going unused on second homes, investment properties, et cetera, the number at that time was 7.2 billion. So you look at that and you say, okay, we never had to build those hotels. We had everything we needed here. We had these assets already sitting there not being used. We didn't have to cut down those trees and get all that carbon out, making that concrete and dig up all that metal and destroy our environment to build these new buildings. We could just use the things we already have better. And I, I do think this industry can and will and should be a real force for change and for good in travel and thus in the world, uh, with as big of a part of GDP and growing that travel is, it's growing at 2X the the rate of GDP. And you have Bob Garner and others really leading the charge on, and and I saw you all signed up for it um, with the the book Direct Show and everything on, how do we think more sustainably as an industry? What can we do as an industry to drive this change for better? the, I think sustainable, is, it's a funny word. It's, it's one you have to use. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about, well, I don't care about sustainability. Well, what's the opposite of sustainability? Unsustainability. Okay, so that means it's not going to last. Yeah. So the only way for something to truly be sustainable is it has to be financially sustainable. Otherwise, you can't keep it in the doors open. It has to be environmentally sustainable. Otherwise, you're just going to degrade whatever you have. It has to be sustainable in your community involvement right? You're, how you interact with the community has to be sustainable. Otherwise, they're going to change the regulations, you get booted out. And so you really have to think about all this holistically. Um, and, you know, we, we talked a, a little bit already about it's after the heights of COVID, now it's become more of a gold rush. You know, gold rushes, if done poorly, can just absolutely yeah. trash the industry and, and trash everything about it. And that, that would be a shame. Right, yeah. if like this five-year period, everybody just extracts all the value, runs it, and then everybody said like, "Forget this. We're banning it. We're we're not yeah. going to do this stuff anymore. This is terrible." But we have the opportunity to think about things very differently, yeah. and it's it's great to see more and more people doing that, caring about it, and driving the industry towards that.
0: For sure, no, I I couldn't agree more, and I'm and that's why you know companies like Rent Responsibly and you know you know things that Bob Gardner is doing because we have tons of conferences and. Vacation rentals alone, not, it's not even touching the service of hotel ones, but, you know, we're still, we have so many conferences where people travel internationally for. Uh, so being more sustainable in that that aspect, too, is is really important. And, you know, guest amenities and the way we're servicing, you know, hospitality, right? Yeah. Uh, super important. I mean, and, you uh, up, sorry. I'll go. Go
1: for it. Responsible. I mean, because it is that holistic, right? Like you, yeah. you have Simon Lehman and AJ Atelier really pushing, look, it's about profitability you, you need to be financially responsible and sustainable mm-hmm. you need to be community uh responsible like rent responsibly and contribute and do what you can to engage in the local community you mm-hmm. need to be environmentally responsible and sustainable and and it really is this whole package coming together
0: 100 so. and uh, the the common word is responsible and like immediately that that for me, like as a millennial, I think I'm a millennial, but um, you know, goes like that's a lot of work. I'm being local, responsible for local, responsible for global, responsible for this, like, and profitability. Like, there's so many things, and so it's always funny because you know when it comes to, you know, this you t- you kind of keep mentioning the gold rush. Is that uh, I'm a I'm a active consumer of TikTok, right? So I would like to see what are. What are younger generations doing? Cause there's such a a big, such a big awakening, I think, from COVID that people were just hating school or hating their job or hating living in their hometown and just wanted something new. And then they find something that they love, right? Mm-hmm. So then you see a lot of this stories on TikTok, and I just kind of like to see what's going on in that. And actually, not even kidding, like probably I think it was the last night or the night before, I allowed myself a little bit of social media time and I was scrolling through and I'm seeing people talking about how they prevent parties at their Airbnb or how mm. they prevent this. And they're showing products like noise aware, or they're, you know, saying what's my technology. Um, uh, what, what do I use for my vacation rental homes? And they put like a number, like 10 homes. And then you see like uh, logos like Guesty and a few other things flash. And I'm like, interesting. Like people that have never touched hotels, restaurants, and the sense of operations or working it are now already like, embracing this like gold rush mentality of like going into getting active services or tools in the space. And it's pretty interesting to see the amount of up and coming or new managers that they, they don't know what a property management software is, but they do know what a noise where a minute device or whatever that common I've seen, uh, you know, some pricing tools being quoted and used. And so yeah. it's like, okay, interesting. Like this. And they have no idea about what's going on in the, this internal sphere that we get to see. Um, and they're just kind of running with it, right. They're running with Airbnb. They're running with um, this, you know, Turo uh, if you seen Turo. So like they're yeah. running with this like Airbnb Turo combo and it's super fascinating, but I think it kind of to touch on the point of sustainability, it's operators like those that are, you know, hopefully can uh, prevent some speed bumps and some, some forks in the road along the way by getting introduced to things like rent responsibly and understanding just fair regulation and, and operations and what this looks like. It's not just a, a million dollar a year revenue type, you know, coaching business or a business to, to franchise out. It's, it's a legit thing to, to think about for long terms coming, not just, you know, making a million this year and then going right. out of business the next. Right. So it's, it's always something I like to kind of touch on with, with that, because I see a lot of it. I I see a lot of people like, Oh, I can teach you how to make a million dollars on Airbnb. And you're like, okay, but can you do it profitably? Yeah. yeah. Can you do it responsibly as well? Um,
1: Three years running. Yeah, Yeah. seriously.
0: Um, Well, we got to touch on um, some, some exciting stuff again from that talk in Boise. And, you know, you mentioned, and I saw on uh, Facebook and LinkedIn, which I also pre-ordered, but your book. So I want to talk about, the process of writing a book, what is the book about? And more or less like you there's, there's moments, right? I think we, you and yeah. I both talked about this in the first podcast. There's moments in life that inspire certain things. And I want to kind of know what those moments are with you with, with the book.
1: So yeah. let's we'll talk about that. So the, it was, uh, it was actually a second book. Uh, so the first book was, I write basically monthly for Forbes. And I, I was thinking, you know, I write these each month. The book is the accumulation of multiple ratings. Like, could I, could I write a book? And the, the original thought was the startup stoic and it was the, the entrepreneurial journey, you know, very much like our conversation in Boise taking that walk and pulling from quotes from stoicism on having that first idea, getting the courage to quit your job and go all in, hiring your first employee and going all the way through to shutting the doors or selling the company. Uh, And and just telling personal stories as well as from others through that. And so I got a book agent with that book. And the book agent said, look, you can write, this is actually good. But the audience is very small. People (laughs) care about stoicism, people are starting companies, like it's smaller, I think you have a bigger idea. So keep thinking about it. And I had a conversation right it was like March when everything was shutting down. I was just calling a bunch of friends, right? Like you feel so isolated. You're not out seeing people. You're not getting to the office. So I was calling a bunch mm-hmm. of friends from college. And this was a friend that had done a bunch of big stuff in real estate, like bought tens of thousands of properties for single family rentals, uh, launched a big VC fund. And we were talking about renting. And he said, I think we're going to end up with a generation of renters because yeah. you know our, our class, when we got out of college, the market was falling off a cliff. It was after the Iraq invasion. If you look at a curve of the stock market. It just fell off the cliff. Then you kind of work and you go to grad school and you're coming out and the financial crisis hits. And yeah. then you like, get And you're starting to stabilize your career and COVID hits and the world falls apart. Like these people, they're never going to be able to afford yeah. real estate. And that really stuck with me. I was thinking about it. And then I was watching around me. I was watching myself going on Johns Hopkins site and scrolling and looking at the updates on the, the, the case count for yeah. COVID and other people on news cycle and the president tweeting every five minutes of what was going on. <laughs> And I said, you know, actually, the bigger problem we have is that we have an entire society of mind renters, right? The, the only real estate we actually can own and do own from birth all the way to the end is our mind. Hmm. This is our body. This virus can get in it. The, a car could hit us. We can get sick, hurt, injured. Uh, any possession can be taken away. Some, anything can happen. But our mind is the only thing we carry with us for our life that we can truly control. And yet we spend so much of it of our lives, just giving it away, right? Giving it away to what some jerk said and thinking about that for hours afterwards or being so scared about what might come next week or next day. Mm -hmm. And so that's what the the book ended up being about. So it's called Get Out of My Head, Creating Modern Clarity Using Stoic Wisdom. Mm -hmm. And it, it takes this premise of mental real estate and mind tenancy and gets into the science behind, hey, here's why the brain works this way, right? Like here's how human brains evolved, and then here's why this is a problem. Um, And then gets into why in a lot of ways it's getting worse in modern society with a lot of this stuff going on and how to solve it. So with going back to some stoicism and principles, but then illustrating it with some friends of mine, the the founder of DocuSign, um, someone who ran a team in Navy SEALs, Olympians, artists, entrepreneurs, just people from all different aspects of life who've taken these principles and put them into practice. Mm. And then each chapter closes with, okay, now here's an exercise. Here's a worksheet to now really go put this into practice. Don't just, don't just read this and go to the next one, like work through this. This is something that can serve you for the rest of your life. If you own your most important asset, which is your mind.
0: I've said this on Slick Talk many times before, and as time goes on, it becomes more and more true. Operators have been so used to multiple logins, different dashboards, and overall, segregated data points for their hospitality brand. I'm proud to say this is no longer going to be the case for the industry. As a podcast partner, Journey MOS is made for operators by operators. One dashboard, one solution to keep your business in shape and ahead of the competition you think this is too good to be true, then you need to go to journey.com. That is J U R N Y dot com to learn how Journey MOS can get you ahead of the big players in your market. And now back to the episode.
1: Yeah. And so that's that's the book.
0: No, that's super cool. And it's it's like a perfect uh I wouldn't say storm, but yeah, it's like a perfect storm because like for me, like coming to Mexico, um I felt super unproductive the last month, not, not in Mexico, but before coming here, I was just okay. like, something was going on. And then getting here, you know, going into a more minimalist life where I got a suitcase full of clothes. I have my little microphone. That's not my normal, like studio setup. Um, you know, basic amenities inside the, the apartment. Um, but then just realizing, you know, a lot of things taking my, my space in my mind was social media. So mm-hmm. not just, not like TikTok And the, like, that's more of like a me kind of just, I try to balance the the different or the, I try to balance consuming and, and producing. So yeah. a lot of producing is on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Consuming is TikTok and, and, and LinkedIn for me. So I can kind of see what's going on in the industry. And then also what are, what are, what's happening in, in some of the, the world and some culture and some other stuff. And um, I just kept catching myself like the first, I think the first week I was here, just being super frustrated that I, couldn't get as much done. I was checking my phone every five seconds because uh, one notification would pop up here, one notification would pop up there and then realizing like, oh my gosh, I'm letting this run how I'm operating day to yeah. day. And you know, it's it's not gonna lie, it's selfishly, it's a it's, uh, dopamine, right? Or a, a serotonin yeah. or whatever the- Yeah, it's dopamine. Yeah, it's dopamine. dopamine.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, like, a, so like
0: a slot machine getting that, yeah. 100%. So I think realizing that and deleting social media off my phone, Only allowing myself to do on the weekends now. Checking LinkedIn on my computer in the morning as a part after I read a book. Like doing certain things have been such a huge clarity help. uh you can own all that, right? Yeah.
1: No one else had to do anything. That was all in your power. And that 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 is, yeah. Well, it's just,
0: and I wanted to kind of, I only use that and say that as an example because I want to ask you, like, for for you, I'm sure there's got to been some moments with, you know, being a founder, you know, with because going into your story for everyone who's listening for the first time now and getting to meet Andrew McConnell, you know, go back and listen to the first episode and and hear the different, you know, pivots and, and entrepreneur journeys you've been through from rented capital to, to now this and, you know, rented.com and, and creating art and, and everything. So for you, give me an example, what kind of, did you have a, a specific time or, you know, frame in mind and, that you were just realizing you had, you know, some some mind space being rented, uh, no pun intended with the, the name of the company, but uh, being rented that, you know, were was something that you changed for yourself.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. So I mean one that immediately resonates is this idea of don't suffer the same thing more than once. Mm. Right. And so often you you can pre-suffer. You you worry about, oh my God, this thing that might happen. And it maybe it happens and you suffer through that, or maybe it doesn't, but you suffered that whole time leading up to it. And either way, yeah. you didn't need to suffer the time leading up to it. Uh, or post-suffering of, oh my God, I can't believe this happened. i and mm-hmm. just, you know, just being hit with it all over. And so just realizing, hey, the, the thing that happened, one, we can decide if it's good or bad, we can put that label on it ourselves, but separately, keep it to that one event. It doesn't need to happen before, it doesn't need to happen ever, keep it to that one event. And so there have been multiple times on the journey, you talk about the different companies, Vacation Futures, Renting Capital, Renit.com, um, where you know, I, I wouldn't sleep for mm. weeks and I'm a zombie and I'm not there for my daughter and I'm just so dreading what might happen, right? You know, COVID, <laughs> right at that beginning when we're cutting yeah. all our salaries, and like, hey, can we ever pay people again? Like what yeah. going to look like? Uh, it's certainly one of those times. And realizing you don't need to suffer more than once. Like If it, the bad thing is going to happen, it's going to happen. But here, what can I control? I can't control the virus. I can't control what the government does and opening markets. What I can control is if and how I deliver today for my clients. So what can we do today that would work for our clients? And uh, that that's uh, an exact example of one of those times that going back to as I'm dreading, as I'm dreading, saying, wait a minute, I'm suffering more than once. This, this thing has not come yet. I do not need to do this. But let I me. Mean, You work back through it, yeah, and yeah, that that's one separately, you know, to to help prevent even getting to that level of dread, preparing for the worst ahead of time, right? Just nothing's ever been less painful because you didn't prepare for it. So, just knowing not to suffer is different than just putting your head in the sand like an ostrich. Mm -hmm. You can still work through. Okay, what can go wrong here, right? And this is my friend who's a Navy SEAL like talking about how they prepare, like what are the exercises you do? How do you do it? And his point is the most difficult part for a brain is uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And by definition, everything a SEAL's doing is uncertain, right? like you're thrown in these environments. And so you have to train for everything that you can control to take that off the table. So yeah. that 100% of your mind is there to adapt and react in the prefrontal cortex um, for the, the uncertain environment. So limit as much of the uncertainty as you possibly can on the front end through your preparation. And yeah, so I, I don't know, I, I can keep going like this for a long time, but yeah, there, there's been a bunch, I guess. Is the point,
0: No, that's good. And it's, it's just good because I think, you know, for the last two years, I think the, the mental stress has been higher than probably ever for a lot of people, for society in general, for, the world. Um, and so like going into, you know, these things I think is super important. And, and that was a big lesson for a lot of people in my demographic and mm-hmm. older demographics and coming up generations that are, you know, maybe, you know, just graduating high school and have this whole expectation put on them that they have to go do this, do that, do this, do that. When yet that's not what they really are, are excited about doing or, or living their life. Um, and so, I guess, in the sense of suffering twice, um, you know, happens so often. And so I, I more or less like to cover that in the the founder's perspective because, you know, creating a company, whether it's super small or super big, or if you go unicorn status, you know, there's, there's this million miles a minute type of details flying at you, um, processing, going in, going out, um, decisions being made unknown, you know, on the, on the outcome, um, and so going into kind of what you're covering in your book, it's just super you know, applicable for the audience and for just even you know, self again, selfishly, like this podcast is for me to learn a lot of, along the way with, you know, other people, hopefully finding this, this valuable. And so, um, you know, getting to understand, you know, things you can do better, how can you, you know, not suffer twice and, and just getting to be relatable on a level with, with other founders in, in our space specifically is super important. Um, so when does the when does it come out? That's what I want to know.
1: Yeah, June fourteenth is the the drop date. Um, certainly organizing pre-orders. So any managers on the call that want to do kind of bulk, for happy to kind of set up. Could do sit, sign copies for guests or for your owners if you want to do something special. Um, reach out, happy to do any kind of package or, or fun thing around that. Um, but yeah, the you'll officially get the book June fourteenth. But no reason to hold off. You can. Uh, besides Rennet.com, you can find more about me in the book at m. My first name is Michael at m.andrewmcconnell.com, uh, and that, that has information there as well. Awesome, that's really cool.
0: Another Michael, I did not know that. Doesn't say I'm man. I know a lot of Michael's and a lot of Andrews, and you got the best of both worlds
1: right there. <laughs> yeah, I went to uh, some friends locally. We were going to lunch on a Sunday. And it was three Michaels and me. And I was like, yeah, but my first name's also Michael. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's just a Super common name. <laughs> that's so cool. Um, well, I'm excited
0: just again, before we even wrap up the episode for, for anyone in the audience to understand what, what, what are you guys doing? You know, now I think within, within rented and, and what you guys have built with our, what's, what's some stuff that's coming up in the future. I, I know we got a lot of events and conferences coming up um, this year. But for you guys as a team, what, what's, what's happening and what's in, what's in the pipeline?
1: Yeah, the, the biggest thing I've been and the whole team's been working on is trying to see what takes up time for a revenue manager. So mm-hmm. not everybody does revenue management. They may just turn on the tool and then set it and forget it. But a lot of people, you know, this is a full-time job. This, they take it seriously. They're doing revenue management. They're keeping an eye mm-hmm. on it. And so really understanding the things that they do and take up their time today, day to day, and then saying, okay, how do we take more of that off your plate to allow you to spend more and more time on the real critical and strategic thinking that a revenue manager needs to have? And so the, the first thing right now is an alert system. i saying, hey, here are the, the top 10 things I'm checking and I'm concerned about each day when I'm logging in, each week when I'm logging in. They're like, great, okay, let's set auto alerts to do all these things. Now, the next phase on that is, okay, when you see these alerts, what are the kinds of things you're doing? And can we then set up it to automatically do that? Right. And so it's constantly finding ways to take more and more work off of a person's plate. Um, anything that can and should be automated, to take and automate it and then allow that individual to really do only what that individual can do.
0: Mm, that's really good. It, it kind of reminds me of um, a conversation I've been having with a couple of friends and partners in, in the space is, more of a balanced hospitality right like we I think the short-term rental segment and you could probably attest to this too compared to the hotel world uh, is so in a, innovation or uh, not innovation in a, innovative with uh technology right like we have A a tech and software or product for almost everything now, Mm -hmm. Um, maybe not everything, but we're getting pretty damn close. Um, And the adoption of it is is incredible. That the industry is so willing to try new things and 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 do you know trials and demos and you know you know we have rented um, you know this episode won't go out on the twenty third, but you rent uh, rent responsibly is doing demo day for a lot of these these products and stuff. So like getting to. Uh, see the high amount of tech, high, you know, um, what do you call it? High, high tech, low touch um, type services. It's really incredible, but I think there's like this balance, right? Like you can do too much tech where you automate too much and you lose that human, human touch.
1: Yeah. It, I mean, and I think, you know, where we started, the client that we were so excited about did six acts. And mm-hmm. part of that was again, taking the things that could be automated yes, and pulling those off so that that manager said look all of this extra money that i'm making i can now deploy to owner marketing all yeah. this time that i used to spend having to do this manually i can go put in to owner conversations and owner uh, marketing and sales and the result is i have three x the number of homes that i manage all while doubling the revenue and so it's it's not saying pull the human out 100%. It's saying what are the things that a human and this particular human is uniquely qualified for mm-hmm. and spending far more time there it's a uh, you know, in my own day job, I, I try to encourage anybody to do this, really think about your, your life and your skill set in this two by two of what am I terrible at? What am I great at? What do I hate doing? What do I love doing? And the more of your life you can spend doing things you're great at and you love doing, you're going to have a more fulfilling, more rewarding life. And the more things that you can say, okay, what does not need to get done on these other buckets at all? To just mm-hmm. nobody you don't need to automate it and anyway. it's <laughs> like the first thing is what can you just get subtracted. Yeah. Then it's okay, what can get automated? What's just kind of admin repeatable tasks? Let's let's automate that. And then it's okay, are there better people to do this than me? And just constantly revisiting that uh, and seeing that's how you build a better business. That's how you build a better life. Yeah, 100%. And
0: not not to spoil it for any of the listeners, we actually talked about that on the first episode in 2020. So that's actually incredible. That is still a through and through situation. You know, the two by two, is it's a, it's a great model to look at. And, you know, again, going back into 2020 with COVID that a lot of people realized they were doing something that they were maybe good at, but hated doing, or mm-hmm. they sucked at doing and hated doing it either way. And yeah. so, um, you know, getting out of that, those two bottom uh boxes there it's uh, super important and as we've all seen this last year's been a big big shift for a lot of people so yeah. it's pretty cool well uh andrew i just want to say thank you so much for for being on the show I, it's super cool it's it means a lot to me so obviously as anyone who's listened that you know our conversations go very far um and uh yeah just want to say thank you for being on the show again
1: it's it's my pleasure i every single time we catch up it's it's absolute joy and yeah let's let's do it again in person soon yes Uh, i very much appreciate that awesome
0: well you heard it here first slick talkers make sure you check out everything in the show notes and you like and subscribe to everything rented and uh go ahead and see you guys again next week In hotels and vacation rentals, the top complaints or issues are noise, garbage, and parking. I may not be able to solve all of your parking and garbage problems, but I could definitely help with your noise problems. And that actually might just help your garbage and parking problems too. So NoiseAware is the only 100% privacy safe noise monitoring solution that property managers and owners can use in order to ensure they avoid parties and other issues happening at their property. You won't get notified when a plate breaks. But if you have a little quiet get-together that kind of gets out of hand like this, then NoiseAware will give you the peace of mind to ensure that you and your property, and of course, your profits, are protected. So use my code SLICKTALK20 to get 20% off of all noise monitoring devices and focus on the other important things that help you run your business. Now, thank you for checking out Slick Talk the Hospitality Podcast. Get back to the episode, and don't forget to check out Noise Aware while you're listening.